0: a year today since Russia invaded Ukraine and the Ukrainian president Vladimir Zelensky says the year to come will be the year of our victory. But since the invasion, we've seen families devastated, homes and landmarks in Ukraine destroyed and read particularly harrowing stories about children and soldiers, not to mention the impact it's had back home in Limerick. Well, we're joined by Professor Neil Robinson from the Department of Comparative Politics at the University of uh, Limerick uh, on the line right now. Good morning to you, Neil. Morning, Joe. Now, you've chatted to us throughout the last 12 months about this. First of all, do you think that the year to come will be the year of Ukraine's victory?
1: Well, I hope so. Um, I'm not entirely certain that it will be. Uh, they have a lot of hurdles to overcome to uh, to win, Um even though they are going to get some more modern weaponry which will be useful for offensive operations um they have to deploy that and use it and the russians are very dug in now um you know they've they've withdrawn they've consolidated they are putting more people uh, on the ground um You know, they may, uh, when faced with uh, more advanced offensive weaponry, um, deploy their air force, which will lead to losses for the Russians, but uh, will also make, you know, sort of the coordination of um, complex operations more difficult for the Ukrainians. So um, everyone is a long way from victory.
0: Mm. Uh, On the basis of what we saw last year, are you expecting a cranking up on battlefields in ukraine once spring fully arrives
1: yeah i mean this is a difficult time for military operations in ukraine um you know we we always think of winter as the the hard time for combat operations in in that area of the world but this is even worse in some ways because uh the whole place turns into a mud bath so um Yeah, once things begin to sort of settle down a bit in terms of the weather, then yes, there probably will be some pushing. The Russians will probably use their incredibly destructive uh, strategy of incremental movement, lots of artillery, lots of bombardment moving forward slowly, sort of churning up the ground in front of them uh, to clear their way um the ukrainians obviously um you know sort of can't afford that war of attrition they've got less men so their warfare you know is more mobile uh but um you know sort of they they've got to face that assault when it comes uh before they can engage in that kind of mobile warfare
0: no neither ukraine nor russia will accept humiliation is there any middle ground here at all that could lead to a ceasefire and ultimately some form of peace?
1: Not really, I think, from the Russian side. Um, the Ukrainians might be forced into into, into into compromise and making peace if the Russians are militarily successful and if they can't you know, sort of deploy uh, enough uh, weaponry, um, get enough shells, uh, from the West to, uh, to, to, to to fight the Russians off. That's a question of logistics more than it is the will of the West to supply them. You know, sort of, can we just you know, produce that much uh, artillery shells? Can we ramp up production quick enough? So uh, if there is a middle ground, it'll probably come from Russian military success rather than from the Russian military um, Uh, from from the Russians sort of giving up their aspirations. Uh, There's little sign from the Russians that they want to talk. Indeed, they've Change the nature of the war from what they initially claimed, which was about sort of NATO, into a war of annexation and it's going to be very difficult for Putin to go back on those annexations to make compromises. Right. We're
0: chatting to Professor Neil Robinson from the University of Limerick. Is the West is the West's support for Ukraine unconditional then?
1: Well, there are probably conditions in the sense that uh, you know, kind of, we're not going to supply them with certain kinds of weaponry. Still, you know, sort of, uh, even though uh, the UK talks about training pilots, nobody's talked about supplying um, Ukraine with advanced fighter jets as as yet. Uh, And you know, sort of if Putin escalates to the use of um, tactical nuclear weapons in Ukraine, you know, sort of what will the, the West response be then? It will probably not be a full nuclear response. It might be some limited response. So there are sort of strategic calculations made about, you know, how far to go in support of Ukraine. But uh, economically and in terms of providing uh, sorts of aid that have already been provided, then yes, it is unconditional.
0: Mm. Of course, we've felt the impact here in Ireland, haven't we, economically, in people's pockets, with 70,000 plus and rising refugees coming in here too from Ukraine, including into Limerick.
1: Yes, I mean, you know, sort of we've all... Paid out of our pocketbook, one way or another, uh, for 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 Putin's war, um, particularly with higher energy prices last year, uh, and obviously you know sort of taking in a large number of refugees exacerbates the housing problems that we've already got. Um, however, you know sort of it is important to remember, you know, sort of why why we're doing this. Um, you know, sort of uh, if this was Ireland, uh, you know, a hundred years ago. Uh, we'd have wanted the same kind of support uh, that we're giving the Ukrainians against an imperialist power. So, um, you know, it's important that we we all sort of shoulder a little bit of that because, of course, it says nothing to what the Ukrainians are going
0: through. Yes, but Ireland 100 years ago, I mean, none of the big powers were really rushing to our aid then. No. Uh, and uh, More's the pity, eh? Mm. Uh, So, do you unfortunately believe that a year from now we'll be talking about the next anniversary and the year after that and the year after that that this is going to be a long-term war in Europe?
1: I think it's going to be longer. Um, you know, sort of. I think if it, if it's going to if we're going to be talking about the fifth anniversary, then we're really going to be talking about stalemated conflict. Uh, in which each side has kind of dug itself in and is is, is not able to make um, uh, any headway, uh, uh, you know, sort of uh, some line of demarcation possibly being drawn, same same way that you've got one between North and South Korea. That war isn't over, um, so uh, you know, sort of uh, rather than you know, kind of the the, the intense fighting that we're we're witnessing over over the last year. So, yeah, it's going to drag on. Whether it'll drag on for that long, I don't know. I mean, hopefully something will give, and uh, hopefully something will give uh, on the Russian
0: side. And just before I let you go, does that mean that it will impact on food prices and electricity and gas prices for quite a while to come too?
1: yeah its its effects are all over um, in all sorts of different ways uh, you know sort of keep coming up you know so unexpectedly um uh, for, for for many of us being told oh no you've got to pay more for that because of you know the war in ukraine this comes from there that comes from russia um the major inflationary effects though uh, from energy do seem to have dissipated over the last while so Hopefully, um, you know, sort of the the big economic shocks of the war uh, uh, have eased off. Um, You know, sort of we're going to be left with... uh a a, a sustained slight rise in things like energy prices but nothing like the spikes that we saw last year
0: Okay, we can't forget the human devastation of all of this, you know, people who have died have been grievously injured and indeed uh, the devastation of parts of Ukraine itself and, you know, it's many wonderful buildings over there. Thank you very much for talking to us this morning we appreciate your time. It's a year today since Russia invaded you Ukraine, And that was Professor Neil Robinson from the Department of Comparative Politics at the University of Limerick. Now, you'll remember that we have chatted over the last 12 months to Anna Mazika, who is based in Limerick. And uh, Anna went to the border between Poland and Ukraine with a truck of medical supplies. And at the time, she spoke to us uh, about her journey and returning with a Ukrainian woman and her child. Uh, good morning, Anna. Uh, Now, uh, when we last spoke, uh, this Ukrainian child was being prepared for school here in Limerick. How have things developed since then?
2: Hi, Joe. How are you? Uh, Lovely to to speak to you this morning. Um, Things have um, changed, obviously, for, you know, a lot of people here. Um, I suppose their feeling in general have changed over the past 12 months. So they feel nothing. And everything all at once. They feel proud and angry and calm, devastated and hopeful, apathetic and creative. So, you know, it's all of that in the space of 12 months. Um, Speaking of the family that you mentioned before, um, they had settled here for the past 12 months. They've been doing really, really well. But recently they have decided to move out to America. So we had to say our goodbyes to them.
0: What was that like?
2: It was tough because, you know, you always kind of make relationships. You, you feel that um, they're part of your life now as well. Once they're around you, they socialize with you. Um, but they do have to move on. They have aspirations themselves. And even though their own homes are destroyed, they have nowhere to come back to in relation to their country. They still want to <clears throat> achieve something in their life. So that was their their plan b after ireland so they have moved out to america but yet you know we still obviously have plenty of um people living here in limerick and they're all doing really really well
0: what are your thoughts on how the whole debate around ukrainian refugees has developed in ireland uh, over the last 12 months anna
2: huge changes now joe if i was to be honest with you because we all remember this day last year when we all woke up to the news devastating news and everyone felt like they want to help they want to do their bit they didn't know how to start so it was all this kind of huge need of support and help after that we went into more kind of um local support so once ukrainians have arrived in limerick <clears throat> and ireland um we were searching for ways of how to make their life easier here. And then it faded in time. You know, over the summertime, we kind of felt that there isn't that much going on in, in relation to, you know, I suppose politicians and um, none of the voices were heard really. So everything had settled. Whereas now we're going into the stage where there is more kind of a, I don't want to use the word hate, but it is kind of emerging, I have to say, because a lot of people are against, um, you know, foreigners coming to the country while we have our own issues to deal with, do you know what I mean? So it is it is a very difficult time for them.
0: Are you directly aware then of quite a few Ukrainian refugees still here in Limerick?
2: Oh, absolutely, 100%. I've been in touch with plenty of them over the past 12 months and um, they became my close friends, so... Um, I know, again, what what they have to face on a daily basis in terms of um, work relationships or, you know, school corridors or even trips to the shop or streets. Do you know what I mean? So I do know uh, from the first hand, let's say, how, how they feel.
0: It's the sort of reaction they're getting from some people, is it?
2: Oh, God, yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So it is it is difficult now. Um, and, and, and
0: what sort of things are they encountering?
2: Well, they've been accused of um, overusing the system, you know. But at the same time, it's, it's something that was given to them in the first place. So it's very difficult for them to handle the situation right now because as much as they're, as they're trying their best to get the employment, to get education, to learn the language, there is still going to be voices saying, we don't want you here. You're not needed. Go back to your country. Why the husbands are here? Do you know? So it is extremely, extremely um, hard for some of them to to face that, considering that they went through an awful trauma, life trauma, that will stay in them for, for the rest of their lives now. So um, having this as well, is just extremely difficult.
0: Do they feel generally unwelcome now, or is it more specific incidents?
2: I would say more specific incidents. It's not that they don't feel welcome. I hear plenty of voices saying that they're extremely grateful uh, to people that have helped or, and are still supporting Um, I'm talking about, you know, single situations as well, but they they do occur quite often. So it's something that should be acknowledged and should be changed, I think, especially considering that there is no end to be seen yet, you know, of the war. So we should do our best to to be for them, to help them. Even if it's a kind word, that's all we can give. That's fine, as long as we don't, you know... um, give out to them
0: let's say we're chatting to anna Mazika. Uh, if they were given the opportunity in the morning to go home to ukraine would they all go or would some of them choose to stay here
2: i think some of them would choose to stay um especially families that have found themselves well um in terms of school and activities after school and good employment obviously talking about the ones with really good English um, that find their life much easier um, here, while others, um, I would say, would like to go back home if they had the opportunity in the morning.
0: And that would be on the basis that the war was over?
2: Yes, that would be on the basis, obviously, the war is over because, obviously, it's just not um, safe at the moment.
0: Yes, and and that's something I wanted to raise with you because you alluded to this earlier. Um, You know, there, there is a suggestion being made, oh, there are parts of Ukraine that are perfectly safe and people should be going back to those areas.
2: Yeah, well, the country is huge. But even at that, if I was to move out to Belfast just because it's still within the island, it's no good to me. Do you know what I mean? So, I
0: well, know... Well, I mean, I, I spent a lot of time in Belfast now, and Belfast is, is perfectly safe these days. <laughs> I,
2: know, I know, maybe I shouldn't have chosen yeah, that yeah. area. Anyway, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Speaking of, you know, another area that is considered, you know, still part of the country as such... Yeah, uh, but um, it's 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 just no good because you still have to find yourself, um, you know, a way to live. Now your your house, etc.
0: And, and, um, and a couple of other things. Are you aware of Ukrainian refugees still arriving in Limerick?
2: Uh, well, being very honest with you, Joe, I'm not up to speed with numbers coming down. I wouldn't be that heavily involved um, in getting the data on, on that. I do know of um, a new group that recently had arrived in Cl- Clarina, and that was substantial amount, but I, I wouldn't be the best source of information in terms of, you know,
0: exact numbers. Mm. And, and Anna, that's the other point I wanted to chat to you about you you were so involved um early on it, it must have been draining i mean have you yourself had to take a slight step back
2: i have to admit i did uh, it was overwhelming at one point um, i think i even mentioned that in one of the media that um it was just impossible to get on with my own, you know, uh, 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 life uh, responsibilities and et cetera. So I had to take a step back for, for a little while um, and then take it day by day uh, slowly and just choose things that I can do that wouldn't interfere with my own um, work life uh, and personal life.
0: Yeah, Are you hopeful that this war will end soon?
2: I do Although I'm being realistic, it does not look like this. So um, I do hope that they will be safe soon. They will be able to go back home. Um, But looking at what's going on at the moment, there is no sign that would say that this is going to end soon okay
0: well Anna Mazika, listen thank you very much for your time this morning Uh, we appreciate it and we appreciate the chats that you've had with us over the last 12 months as well it's been a year today since Russia's invasion of Ukraine your views your views your